It was life-changing, game-changer, whatever you want to call it, to see, you know, a child who sat on the sidelines, didn't want to participate because it hurt too hard to breathe or hurt too much, and to live with the, like I said, the constant uh, medications and exacerbations that she had. It was difficult, and when we started the treatment, it was amazing to us to see the profound change in her conditions literally within a year. And within two years, she was off of all of her medications and she's grown up to be a uh, college athlete and made me a grandfather and uh, <laughs> has had completely normal life. And that's awesome. You see those kinds of uh, impacts on people, especially in your family. And, and it was really profound. And we've had that kind of success with most of the patients that we work with. So it's really exciting and this is mike andrade the host of the solving healthcare podcast show we have with us today the president and what is your official title jeff well i'm the president of allergy choices and the practice executive of allergy associates of lacrosse yes that's right it was the practice executive that i couldn't remember And for the listeners out there, they know that I like to find companies that are innovative and positively affecting or influencing healthcare. Yours is a unique company. Can you tell us a little bit about Allergy Choices? Absolutely. Yeah, and first off, really looking forward to talking with you today, Michael, and thanks for the opportunity to do so. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, so Allergy Choices, a company that I've been with for the last 20 years, we started providing some services pretty simply because they were missing out there addressing allergy. Allergy sufferers, they suffer from things that are associated with it, like asthma, sinusitis, skin conditions, even food anaphylaxis, things like that. And they really didn't have a good pathway to treatment for getting at the cause of their allergies. Most people just deal with taking medications, trying to avoid the things that they're uh, allergic to. And really don't see the big picture of how it's impacting them with these other disease states like I just mentioned. Also, uh, employers, uh, seeing the bigger picture of where these diseases are impacting not only their healthcare spend, but also the productivity of their employees. So we have a protocol that we developed with our Center of Excellence Clinic here in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And that protocol is, utilizes a little different technology to get at the cause of allergies. Instead of injections for immunotherapy, allergy shots, we use allergy drops or sublingual immunotherapy. These are drops that are taken underneath the tongue. And uh, we've perfected this protocol. We've treated over a quarter of a million patients, both at the clinic and through allergy choices in the last 20 years. So that's what we do, and that's what we're addressing. So, Jeff, take a step back, though, because obviously I, I forgot to mention that you've been in the medical or healthcare space for your entire career, but you joined Allergy Choices in 2001. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. Yep, I've spent my whole career in healthcare 38 years, and at the beginning part of it, I was focused a little bit more on the administrative simplification, technology-oriented things in healthcare. I've always had this focus on trying to improve efficiency and effectiveness of healthcare. And back then, it was more with insurance companies, big provider groups. I was based in the Twin Cities, so 
you know, there's some excellent healthcare around here, including Mayo and the Twin Cities is riddled with some great organizations and large insurance companies as well. So yeah, I did that for like the first 18 years of it. And then I met Dr. Morris, the clinic here in La Crosse, Allergy Associates of La Crosse. And I was doing a consulting engagement for them and saw how they were treating patients and was pretty impressed with what I saw. Uh, So impressed that I brought my severely allergic and asthmatic daughter down here for for treatment. Now, when I say down here, La Crosse is a couple hours south of the Twin Cities. That would be up to me, but but yeah, you have a unique story with yeah. your with with your daughter, yeah. and so I, I imagine you're yeah. going to start sharing about that. So I didn't mean to cut you off, bud. But no problem, no problem at all. Yeah, it was uh, it was rather dramatic, uh, and you know, as a parent, there's nothing more important than the um, health of your child. And in this case, uh, like I said, severe asthma. We had done so many nebulizers. She's even been hospitalized with reactions, and they were allergy reactions. Most asthma is triggered by allergies and brought her down here and started her into treatment with these guys. And literally within a year, she was off of most all of her medications. No longer did we have to do these terrible nebulizers with steroids and which would make her shake. And it just was not the way we wanted to go forward, but we really didn't know what to do until we met these guys. And uh, like I said, I was so impressed with what I saw. And I had been thinking about trying to find something more in the direct care space for me to focus my energies on. And uh, lo and behold, uh, it all kind of fit together. And, and I came down here, started working with our Center of Excellence Clinic, the Allergy Associates of La Crosse. And then we started Allergy Choices, where we took this protocol and knowledge that we had in experience, and we started to bring it out to other physicians around the United States. Yeah, but I guess what I'm hearing you say, and I know we've talked about this before, but you saw a dramatic improvement in your daughter's health. And that's kind of what brought you to the idea of making a transition. Is that correct? Well, that's absolutely correct. It was life-changing, game-changer, whatever you want to call it, to see you know a child who sat on the sidelines, didn't want to participate because it hurt too hard to breathe or hurt too much, and to live with the, like I said, the constant uh, medications and exacerbations that she had, it was difficult. And when we started the treatment, it was amazing to us to see the profound change in her conditions literally within a year. And within two years, she was off of all of her medications and she's grown up to be a uh, college athlete and made me a grandfather and uh, (laughs) has had completely normal life. And that's awesome. You see those kinds of uh, impacts on people, especially in your family, and and it was really profound. And we've had that kind of success with most of the patients that we work with. So it's really exciting, and that's why I dedicated my career to being here. And I want to get into how you operate and how you provide a solution to your clients and the employer customers that are with self-funded plans. But I would like to stop and take a step back and have you talk about the size of the problem? Because when most people think allergies, you think, oh my gosh, you know, allergies suck, but there's not much I can do about it other than take something to treat the symptoms, not so much the allergy itself. And so can you help quantify the size of the problem for most self-funded customers? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it is very interesting to see in this country how we do approach allergy. And for the most part, we don't, 
address it very well because it is a very large problem. Probably 20% of the population, you know, there's lots of estimates on, you know, how many people have true allergies, but uh, it's 60 million people. And of those people, they have a variety of other comorbidities, other diseases that are triggered by allergies, the most notably being asthma, sinusitis, you know, being allergic to something in your sinuses, as an example, a lot of skin conditions, all those things are related to it. So when you add that all up, it's a significant number of people that are impacted by it. And when you start working with the employer groups or whomever, and you start to dig into some of the data analytics and you see what the spend is on, there's a fair amount spent on medications in particular, obviously direct care as well. It's one of the leading uh, over-the-counter medication classes there are. So a lot of people are impacted by it. It's a big issue. It impacts not only the spend, but also productivity. People's quality of life is impacted pretty significantly. And unfortunately, it's really nobody addresses the cause of allergies. That's where you use immunotherapy. That's where you change what's causing the allergies. It's the only disease-modifying approach to do that sort of thing. So you can actually get rid of allergies if you treat that underlying cause with immunotherapy. So big, big issue. It can be addressed. And do you know, like when you look at it, I'm assuming you can get employer data and you can, it's, it's probably hard to show how much in fact they're spending on allergies because you're right. A lot of it's going to be caught up in comorbid expenses, right? But do you have a sense about what the percentage of total spend, whether it's prescription drugs or medical costs attributed to allergies? Well, we've got information that kind of ranges, and we are beginning to work with more employers because they're beginning to look for diseases that they can do something about. And of course, heart disease and diabetes and all those are important things, but this is one that's kind of hidden. Uh, We use a iceberg analogy just because of all these costs. You know, it will depend on a particular population. Probably the best described area of spend would be asthma. And we have worked now with several data analytics companies and some employers, and it's been pretty well validated that an asthma patient is typically going to be, you know, as far as spend goes, both medication and and direct care is typically 10 to $12,000 a year, as opposed to a non-asthmatic patient whose spend is typically in that four to $5,000 area, something like that. So it's significantly more. And I use asthma because that's the one thing that is most discernible. It's another one of those chronic conditions that shows up on the top chronic conditions area. But then when you throw in sinusitis and potential sinus surgeries and obviously sinus infections, respiratory infections, all of the other things that can be part of this. Then you throw in people that have severe food allergies, food anaphylaxis, ER visits, all of that sort of thing. The number can grow significantly. What percentage of a total spend? You know, I guess I don't really have a clear feel for what that is. I can tell you that for companies that are even not that large, the spending is in the millions. So, you know, there's other things happening out there that uh, are, are causing that to grow too. I guess if the percentage isn't obvious, I mean, because it's going to be a a wide range, what I'm hearing you say is 
you can have an impact on asthma. You can have an impact on sinusitis. You can have an impact on eczema. And I don't remember the last one you said it was anaphylaxis. Mm-hmm. But there's going yep. to be other there's yep. other yeah. other ones as well. So psoriasis, migraines, other other things. That if you as mm-hmm. an employer just look at your top conditions driving your healthcare cost, knowing that there might be some things you can do with asthma, sinusitis, and all of those elements that might be unconventional, but it might be that you're treating asthma because it's a, a an allergic reaction that you could treat. Is that a fair statement? I think that's a very fair statement. I would say, Michael, that the other thing that I think employers need to think through here is the impact on productivity. I know that's a tough one. It's really hard to look at, but because allergies are pretty pervasive and there's a lot of people that are taking medications, if you have allergies during the tough allergy seasons, you're not sleeping well, that's a common thing. All of those things can impact productivity, both absenteeism and presenteeism. And there's a variety of studies that have shown that those percentages can be quite high. So that's where it gets a little tricky, you know, to look at direct medical spend and say it's this percentage or that percentage. I can tell you that the studies that we've seen out there on productivity say that the productivity side of it is even more of an issue than what the direct spend is, i.e. what it's costing companies with their employees you know, missing work or being at work and just not being as productive as they can. Yeah, fair point. And yeah, obviously the uh, presenteeism and the impact that you can have. And I was just bringing that up to say, hey, look, if you're looking, if this is something you think is an opportunity for you, here are some leading indicators to at least suggest that there might be an unconventional solution like yours out there. And unconventional might not be the right word, but it's just something that you might not think of as a potential solution to drive productivity and drive value to not only benefit plan, but to the people that make up the plan and their family members. So that was the reason I brought it up. But mm-hmm. In terms of the protocol and solution itself, can you talk about how it's different and why it's so important in how you serve your members? Sure, absolutely. Probably the best thing to think about first is how is allergy commonly addressed right now in our healthcare system? And the vast majority, probably 90, 95% of allergy sufferers practice avoidance trying to stay away from the things that they're allergic to, and taking symptom-relieving medications. That is by far and away what most allergy sufferers do. So they're really not addressing anything to do with the disease itself. So it's ongoing suffering, it's ongoing healthcare utilization with higher percentages of those folks having, like I said, sinus, respiratory infections, all of that. Okay, so the way to address the disease is through immunotherapy. So that's treating the cause, disease modification, retraining the immune system to not be responsive to those things that are causing reactions. And the two primary approaches to it are subcutaneous immunotherapy, which are allergy shots. And that's been around for 100 years. And people generally understand what that is. You go in and Every week you get a shot, maybe it goes every two weeks till you get to maintenance and over the course of three to five years, you hopefully can retrain your immune system. Now it works well, it's safe, it's effective. The challenge with that is adherence and people getting in for their shots, having reactions to them, things like that. So that's part of the reason I believe that there's been a lot of underutilization of immunotherapy. 
people not getting at changing the disease itself. So here we are. So we practice something called sublingual immunotherapy. Our protocol, as I mentioned, has been in continuous use now for 50 years, well over a quarter of a million patients that have been treated with it. And this is taking the same extracts that you would inject into the body and creating drops that are placed underneath the tongue. For a moment, let me just explain. The area underneath our tongues is a very privileged immunologic area. This is an area that has the highest concentration of dendritic cells. And dendritic cells are the tolerant cells in our body. And if you just take a moment and think about where that mechanism in our body would be, of course it'd be in our mouth because we eat, breathe, or drink almost everything we experience. So we're using that same concept of this buildup of the allergens themselves, presenting them to the immune system over a long period of time. But we do with drops underneath the tongue. And we've got a protocol that we have refined over all of this time that's very extremely safe. We've had no severe reactions to it in all those patients that I mentioned to you in all those years. And it's very convenient because of the safety profile to be able to take it at home. So we have some good adherence rates for it as well. So people can actually stick with this. But you take those drops every day. And that's one of the things that's different than with a shot, where it's once a week or once every two weeks. You don't get this peak and trough. You get this constant stimulation of your immune system. And we have found that that is absolutely one of the keys to doing it safely and effectively. And so what we've done is we've taken this protocol, as I mentioned, developed through our Center of Excellence Clinic in La Crosse, the one that I have the privilege of managing, Mm-hmm. And we've taken that and we've begun to teach other doctors how to do that. And that's what Allergy Choices does. As we started to teach other doctors how to do this, most of the doctors are like, well, this is great. And we're glad to see the protocol, how you take allergy testing and you turn it into the dosing. And then every one of the patient treatment sets that we have are personalized. That's one of the things that also makes this very safe. We find out what somebody's allergic to, how allergic they are, and then we match that in their treatment approach. And then over time, we'll escalate that, the allergens in there, to get to the maximum maintenance dose that we can get to. And then once the patient is able to take that for a period of time, they become symptom-free, you know, we do do some retesting to see if there's skin reaction, that sort of thing, then they're, they've completed the treatment. The other thing that's really important about what it is that we do is it's a much broader audience that we can address. So typically, injection immunotherapy is available to folks that have environmental inhalant allergies, we call them, things that are blowing around in the air, you know, ganders and weeds and grass and trees and molds and dust mites, That's, that's inhalant or environmental allergies. Those are treated with both uh, modalities, both the injection and allergy drops. That's indeed where we always start. But we can also treat food allergic patients and have a long history of doing that as well through basically the same mechanism and very much the same way, buildup of that. So that's one audience that typically doesn't get addressed. The other one is kids. They're usually not candidates for injection therapy till they're five or six years old, and sometimes that's pushing it. With sublingual immunotherapy, basically children of all ages, certainly two and above. And what's important about that, 
Michael, is that those are the ages where our immune system is beginning to change and it's modeling and they're going down this track of beginning to develop allergies, eczema, and sometimes on this, what's called the atopic march, it can turn into asthma. Getting out in front and treating children is really probably the most exciting thing and an area that we're able to, to address. So, and that could have huge benefits for families and obviously tremendous impact on healthcare spend that, and suffering that doesn't even have to happen. So it's the children, it's those people that either aren't candidates or couldn't comply with injection immunotherapy. So there's audiences that this fits really, really well for. Also, people with severe asthma. Mm-hmm. kind of difficult to do injection immunotherapy because they have reactions and, it, and they can be life-threatening. Whereas with our approach, you can start at that, what we call threshold dose and right. build that up over time and do it very safely. So that's probably some of the key differentiators. Yeah. So we, we share that and teach that to allergists, ENT docs, and even non-allergists, primary care, working with a lot of DPCs right now, people that want to provide this sort of uh, a care to their patients. Yeah, so what I'm, what I'm hearing you say is, is, correct me if I'm wrong, but this practice has been around or the protocol has been around for over 50 years. I don't know if it's safer, but it seems like it's easier to do than an injection. So you don't have to go to the doctor's office to get stuck or, or inject yourself. And so it has naturally a, a higher adherence rate, I would presume, because it's much more simple to administer. Is that fair? That's very fair. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was just going to say it is actually safer. There's a variety of studies that are out, including some big meta-analysis that have been done internationally and also here in the United States, AHRQ study on this that do say that, you know, the safety margin is really, really good. Okay. So help me with this because what I expect you to say is that for every person, they're going to have their own specific intensity of allergy and their own blend of allergens. And so you customize the solution to their needs based on where they're at, time of year, and the specific allergens. Is that, is that correct? That's correct. But walk me through or walk us through how you know when to do that. Are you working with a physician or are you able to get a test panel that you can then use to work directly with the patient? Absolutely. Uh, with a provider, and uh, so the physician, in some cases, though, it's, you know, PAs and nurse practitioners, depending on what kind of a practice it is, but they have to be able to do that basic, you know, workup evaluation of the, of the patient using testing. And there's two main ways to do it, skin testing. And I just as you're kind of alluding to, yeah, depending, if you're in Texas, you're going to be testing a different panel of allergens than you would be if you're in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Some of them are the same because they're ubiquitous, like molds and dust mites and things like that. But certainly the weeds and trees and, and grasses and stuff can be different. So yeah, you do what's appropriate in that area. We also have developed a very streamlined approach to that, which I think is another attractive thing that when we go out and train doctors, they really like the fact that we're not, we don't have to test for a hundred different things. Uh, we can accomplish what we need to, and this is through our own experience with, you know, more in the 20 to 30 range and do it very effectively. And so that's a, that's another way to look at it. Then you're exactly right. Once we've determined, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention that you can also do this through the blood. 
our blood, we produce something called IgE, antibodies to the things that we're allergic to. And there's a standard out there called ImmunoCap, which is a internationally recognized standard. And you can actually measure the IgE in the blood. And you can use that as another way of diagnostics. That's particularly useful and used in food allergy treatment. Okay. So, hey, real quick, in terms of the outcomes, how do you measure the effectiveness of your treatment? And what should an employer typically expect in terms of the duration of treatment, if that makes sense? Sure. I will say that the duration of treatment can be variable. And we always tell patients this, you know, they didn't get allergies overnight. They're not going to go away overnight. Oh, totally understand. Um, Yeah, yeah. And so I will say that, you know, the earlier somebody starts addressing them, like I mentioned with children, I think uh, what we've seen is that their response is faster. But that period of time of treatment could be, and typically is, three to five years, but it can vary somewhat, as I mentioned. So what do we look for? Well, we have over the years, and we've published some data that we've provided to the Validation Institute, so we've got some validated outcomes from from the protocol. And what we look at is how we've impacted their utilization. So most of that is in reduction in uh, unplanned doctor visits that are related to their allergies. As I mentioned, sinus infections, respiratory infections, ear infections, all of those sorts of things are much, much higher. So we look for a reduction in that. Certainly for the more complex patients, there might be um, higher utilizations, either ER visits, even hospitalizations, surgeries, things like that. So that's another thing to be looked at, again, probably for the a little bit more involved or complex allergy patient. A big one is medication use, and that's one that we also included in our, uh, our surveying. And finally, it's impact on work and school. How much did they miss, and did that go up or down? And the last thing that we look at, certainly not last and certainly not least, but probably the most important thing to the patient is their quality of life improvement. And so from the studies that we had validated, those changes are pretty profound. So reducing doctor visits, you know, ranges from the five, six studies that we provided to them from, you know, 48% to 80%. And ER and hospitalization visits from 60% to 100%. And medication use, typically 50% or in some cases more, depending on uh, the time of the year. That's an interesting thing to uh, ask people about because uh, it's tricky. You know how pervasive taking medications is <laughs> to make sure they understand exactly what an allergy med is. It's a little bit tricky. With school and work missed, we typically saw reductions of 60 to 75%. Wow. And, you know, so some really, really strong consistent measures. And I think that's why, uh, you know, the validation institute got interested in what we were doing and, and, and validating that. And we have other studies too. We've, we've done some published studies on quality of life and we've consistently shown again that really in all the different areas of quality of life, we've seen improvements on a pretty steady basis. So uh, that's it. We've also looked at some specific disease states and we've had some other, if you will, kind of tangential types of diseases that you wouldn't expect allergy to have a big impact on, but they have. 
and that's kind of fun. I mean, we don't even know for sure yet all of the impact and all of the different conditions out there that addressing your allergies will improve those. I will say too that we did a big food study not too long ago. These were kids that we treated, this is at the clinic now, with peanut allergies and severe ones. And not only did their eczema and their asthma get better significantly, but their environmental allergies got better. That's because we treat those right along with the foods. Mm. And more importantly, the family quality of life got better. I can only imagine. Anxiety levels went down because uh, they weren't uh, as susceptible to having severe reactions. So there's a lot of, like I said, tangential tangential, uh, benefits. Yeah, no, totally understand. And in our podcast, we talk about things that we can do to address costs, but you're talking quality of life and just to somebody that has a peanut allergy or a child with a peanut allergy, I can only imagine it's a profound impact in joy and lack of or, or a reduction in stress that something could happen. So let's switch directions a little bit. What I'd like for you to do is walk me through how you work with a self-funded employer. I imagine you want a little bit of data to quantify what you think an impact could be, but walk us through how you work with self-funded employers. Sure. Yeah, that would always be a nice place to start. And of course, we've seen employers that have great control over their data analytics and others that don't have as much. So in that in that circumstance, you know, they're taking the risk, they're paying the healthcare dollar. And so we try to identify what that spend is with them, you know, CPT codes, diagnostic codes. We have a long list of the medications by class that uh, can be looked at with their PBM or whatever. So that is certainly one way to uh, identify what the spend is and as importantly, how many employees does it impact? And it's interesting that of all the times we've done this, that 20% that we talked about earlier (laughs) is spot on. As a matter of fact, most of them are a little bit higher than that of employees that actually have a diagnosis or some kind of uh, spend in that area. Okay, so that's a nice thing to do. And I think all that really does is it establishes a baseline and it gets, I guess, the attention uh, to say, hey, what do we do about this? And then it's, you know, whatever the employer is looking for to do, sometimes we have to find somebody within the allergy choices network that we're working with that's in that area that might refer a patient to a doctor that's already doing what it is, you know, the protocol and that sort of thing. But a lot of times now what's happening is we're getting introduced to certainly an on-site provider that they might have that would be a logical place then to teach them how to uh, do this basic evaluation, as we said, testing. They learn the protocol. We do training on site. We do training, distance learning, a variety of different ways, whatever it takes to be able to teach that group how to do this basic testing and the protocol dosing. So we then equip them, if you will. And then what makes Allergy Choices unique is that we have a compounding pharmacy within our company and we're licensed in all 50 states. So not only can they identify and dose and create this personalized treatment set for the patient, but then they can order it through the compounding pharmacy and it's delivered directly to the, to the patient or to the doctor who has them, you know, maybe start to treatment with them. 
So, and it's very straightforward, extremely affordable too. You know, we're talking 40 to $45 a month for the immunotherapy, again, personalized, delivered to them. And that's how the whole thing works. It's really pretty straightforward. The protocol, we like to call it the elegantly simple. An analogy that I use, it's like teaching them to play chess. We can teach them to play chess. They know what all the positions are and what the movements can be. And, and then over time, they just get more and more knowledge as they work with more and more patients. And it becomes something that they can do pretty readily. So it's that easy, or I should say it's that straightforward to, to work with an employer. And then if we can track data, and a lot of times we're dependent on how they're delivering their care to their employees, but tracking the data, we'll do the, the best we can to look at medication spend, again, for that population, uh, utilization, if they have the ability to look at productivity measures, such as uh, absenteeisms and things like that, or do some quality of life. We have tools that we provide, questionnaires. We've uh, licensed some of those that are used in the industry uh, if people want to track that. So yeah, try to get that feedback loop to see what's the impact been. A lot of employers will start with just a simple pilot project just to kind of get things going. And of course, letting their employees know that there's something else they can do. Mm -hmm. That's a bit of a challenge as well. So we wrap around this a lot of patient information that's available to the providers, to the companies to, to provide education, really everything that they need to be able to answer those questions, because just like we're doing in this, in this podcast, Michael, people have a lot of questions because this is something that they may not know a lot about. And once they learn a little bit more, they get a lot more interested. Well, what I'm hearing you say it is, you know, there's, there's a couple of benefits, actually more than a couple, there's a lot of benefits. And so allergies affect a lot of people in the U.S. And depending on the time of year, it could be more prevalent. You guys have a simple solution that's been proven and validated to be effective. Now, in terms of validating the cost outcomes, you have enough evidence to show that yes, there is a positive impact, not just in cost, but also the productivity, the quality of life and all of those things. And so for me, if it's $45 a month and you as the employer either just make the benefit available to employees, so you create awareness and maybe you pay for the office visits as you normally would, but maybe the medication you have to pay for on your own, right? If you've got a proven outcome that one, it's gonna make your life better, and it's going to have an impact on a positive bottom line for not just the employer, but the employee as well. And this to me is a low cost benefit that's going to have a profound impact on the return on investment in the employees. And so you said earlier, it's beautiful in that it's simple. So why complicate it? Just keep it simple, right? Yeah. Yep. It was elegantly simple. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, you're, you're right on. And, Having been here now with these guys as long as I have for 20 years, we would have felt and thought that this was uh, going to be much more widely used. And, and it is, you know, we're educating a lot of people and it's something that we want to continue to do. And being able to share information like this with you is, is really important because it'll help people realize that there is something they can do, not just suffer and continue on, especially asthmatics and like I said, the people with those chronic conditions that it's just a hamster wheel that'll never get off. 
Yeah, but this to me falls in the area of not just a valuable benefit, but this is a cool thing you can do because most folks, I mean, I'll tell you, I think I might have a couple allergies, but I just suffer through it, right? Mm-hmm. But this could be one of those really unique things that you offer to your employees that'll just add value. So I guess with that in mind, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and learn how they can adopt your program or if it's right for them, how would they do that? Yes, they can contact me directly and at Allergy Choices, my email is jkessler, that's letter J-K-E-S-S-L-E-R, at Allergy Choices, all one word, Allergy Choices, all one word, dot com. And I'd be happy to provide information. Our allergychoices.com website is chock full of great information too. A lot of what we talked about today and additional research and kind of who we are, what we do, how we do it. That's a great resource too. And I've got an excellent team at Allergy Choices and an excellent team at the Clinic Allergy Associates Lacrosse that can answer any other questions in, in detail too. So happy to do that. Happy to get you connected to any resources that might tell the story better or show you where it fits in both with an employer or with a patient, either way. Yeah, so to me, this seems like a simple benefit to implement, but I just want to make sure in terms of, normally I ask how you make money, but I'm assuming this is a pretty straightforward, simple, again, but talk to us how you guys make money. Sure, absolutely. So primarily it is to help people get set up to do their testing. And with that, we don't charge anything for training. We'll do that unless we have to come on site or something like that. You're talking about um, a doctor's office, right? Yeah, doctor's office, right. Yeah, okay. or an on-site clinic or whatever it happens to be. Okay. There is some cost involved with the various testing modalities. Again, we've put together some really nice offerings with what we know are the leading companies in the country that do those sorts of things but and are the gold standards. So, but, but you're talking and, about... And then, Somebody presents themselves, you have a test panel that you would charge for, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, actually, they would do it in their clinic, and they can determine how they want, how it's paid for, and that sort of thing. Blood testing is a little more expensive, but a lot of people use you know, national reference labs. Those can be used however they want to do it. But the primary source for our income would be through the treatment sets themselves, so okay. the compounding farms. And that's where we deliver the, again, personalized through a prescription. So it's just like a regular pharmacy, and that's what we do. And that's what I talked about before as far as the cost of the immunotherapy itself. Fantastic. Well, I figured it was pretty straightforward. And so, you know, for anybody out there that's listening that would like to get a hold of Jeff, please do so. Jeff, thank you so much for your time today. And thank you for having the passion to drive value and just to to make this available to people in the U.S. I'm sure you guys provide a lot more good than you even know. So thanks for all you do. Well, thank you, Michael. We appreciate the opportunity to share our story and kudos to you for the work you're doing here to bring these sorts of solutions to your audience. So thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Solving Healthcare. If you like this episode, please rate it and also provide your comments. If you would like to know how this service or others could fit within your organization, or if you'd like to sign up for future podcasts and news updates, please go to www.solvinghealthcare.net and click on contact. Thank you.